Hi, welcome back for part two of our interview with Marianne Huds. And you know, I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned culinary, the word, a few times. What is that exactly? I don't know what that applies to. Food. <laughs> okay. We call it the culinary business instead of the food business. Uh -huh. um, I think a lot of people are have a distinction without a difference, but in the we call it the culinary arts when we're studying it because they are an art. Um, so a lot that is different. I am told have been told many times. I tried to use yours that same recipe that you did, and it didn't come out as well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, there are only three things that make a recipe good. Make a recipe anything the ingredients, the instructions, and the method that you do. So if you don't have all of those things exactly the same, it's not going to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. But culinary refers to the food industry. Okay. You mentioned when we were talking before that cooking isn't... Cooking isn't the same. A lot of people think that cooking and baking are the same thing. Uh -huh. You go into the kitchen, you cook or you bake. Mm -hmm. mm. Baking is really scientific. Here's an example. If you are making a stew and you taste it and it doesn't taste quite right, you can add salt, you can add another can of tomatoes, you can add some potatoes if it's too salty. You know, there are things that you can do to ameliorate your, your issue. To save it. To save it. <laughs> you may save the, the soup. You may save the stew. If you have a cake and it comes out of the oven and it hasn't risen properly uh -huh. and it's this thin, yeah. you have three choices. One is make several more layers that are that and make it deliberately that thin, uh -huh. but only if the texture and the taste are good. Right. And my guess is they're not. Right. You can grind up that cake and make cake pops, which oh. I think are an abomination. <laughs> but you can if you want. I mean. I don't like them. Um, or you can toss it out. Don't feed it to the birds. Not good for the birds. Uh, you can toss it out and start over. Start and, over. you know, door three is the one that we usually right. take. So we try not to mess right. cakes up. And you said cooking is an art. Cooking is an art. Baking is a science. Yeah. Um, and then decorating, we go back to the combination of art and science. Mm. Because you have to scientifically have something that's going to maintain and hold mm -hmm. and your structure has to be solid. I was at a very big convention, the International Baking Industry Exposition in Las Vegas one year. Hundreds of people people go. Huge Sounds baking like competition. A fantasy land. <laughs> it is a fantasy land for people in, in the culinary world. And this person had made a grandfather clock cake. And it was gorgeous and it was running. It had a clock that was, it was you know running? and the clock was running. It was but the whole thing was was cake. The back of it fell off. <laughs> oh no! And I felt so much better. That's a problem when the back falls. It, off. It's a, and when it when it's, it's on running. display and it keeps on ticking. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, the back had fallen off, and I thought, oh my oh. gosh, this puts anything that I've done <laughs> and makes it okay. Because here, this is this international display, right. and the cake is still up back of the cake is oh. on the on the table. Oh God. And you mentioned a kind of frosting. So in order to do 
um, a cake for a wedding, or whatever. It's going to be outside, particularly in Southern California. We have some pretty warm days and get downright hot days. Seriously. You have to have a frosting that's going to hold up. People call me and say, I want a whipped cream frosting. I said, no, you don't. <laughs> We're not doing it, you know. People call and say, well, I want buttercream. Ah, we have a solution for that. So we make a buttercream that is shelf stable. And that means it doesn't need refrigeration. And then that means I can decorate as much as I want with it because it's, you know, I can do anything with it because it's shelf stable. So this is a Swiss meringue buttercream developed by people who work for the state of Texas Health Department because they wanted to support the people doing cottage industry in Texas so that they could, you know, make cakes that would have frosting that wouldn't get ruined and wouldn't get rancid and wouldn't, you know, fall apart. Mm -hmm. So I use a, a frosting based on the state of Texas's Swiss meringue buttercream. Really? Yeah. And how do you make this? So this is, can we contrast American buttercream and Swiss meringue buttercream? Everybody knows how to make frosting. Uh -huh. So frosting is, butter and powdered sugar and some kind of flavoring, usually vanilla. That's American buttercream. We call it ABC, American buttercream. Oh, I never knew that. Mm -hmm. And it has a certain mouth taste from the powdered sugar mm -hmm. because the powdered sugar has cornstarch in it to make it powdered sugar. So you- cornstarch and powdered sugar? Mm -hmm. I never knew that. Welcome. <laughs> okay. So um, that has a certain flavor and a certain consistency and a certain texture. Swiss meringue buttercream. We don't use powdered sugar at all. We start with egg whites and granulated sugar. Okay. We heat it over a, in a double boiler, what the fancy cooks call a bain-marie, which is French. So we put <laughs> a big- fancy. So we actually put our mixer bowl right on over a pot of simmering water uh -huh. and with the egg whites and the sugar in it. Mm -hmm. Beat, beat, beat with a whisk. Have your, have your temperature thermometer there and heat it to 175 degrees, pretty hot. That is hot. Take it off the mixer, uh, off the heat, put it on the mixer, put your balloon whisk on, put it up, beat, beat it until it's room temperature, which is usually about 10 minutes. Wow. Be because you don't wanna put butter into a mixture that's too hot because it will just become soup. Yeah. So after 10 minutes, that egg white mixture looks suspiciously like meringue. Mm -hmm. And then you start adding your chunks of butter. Uh -huh. And so for us, it's a very interesting ratio. So it's a, it's a 1.52 ratio. So one is the sugar, uh -huh. 0.5 is the egg whites, two is the butter. Okay. So that's all in ounces. So we do, we use, uh, two pounds of butter every time we make Swiss meringue buttercream. Mm, and the cake, butter. we're, the cake we're doing today will have at least two recipes of Swiss meringue buttercream oh, nice. for this but big cake. But you said it doesn't have to be refrigerated yet. Mm -mm. There's butter in it. Because the butter has been incorporated with the meringue. Yeah. And so it's up, the up to the technologists in Texas to assure us that that doesn't need refrigeration. In fact, with most buttercream, you don't want to refrigerate it mm. because it, the butter tendency is to turn hard. So if you refrigerate a, cake, a frosting that's sure. 
frosted in buttercream, yeah. when you cut it into it, it's going to be like cutting into a pat of butter. Yeah. Okay. A cold pat of butter. And you I'm won't be happy. Where the science comes in here too. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Big time. So, um, so that's Swiss meringue buttercream. So we will. We frost with that, and then I make that into many other kinds of buttercream, so cocoa buttercream, and uh, I'm, I'm doing a cake today that has a cinnamon cocoa buttercream, and then raspberry buttercream is very common, and we just add uh, a quantity, again, by uh, mathematically, of raspberry jam to the buttercream. Mm. It's just, it's just, so that's often a filling. Mm -hmm. um, and then we do the chocolate around the outside, whatever. So wow. we can make a whole bunch of Swiss meringue buttercream and turn it into different things as we like. Wow. Um, I noticed when I was looking at the website, mm -hmm. and as we've talked too, that you do a lot of, and you mentioned it, you do a lot of custom. I do a lot of custom work. So Occidental College, my alma mater, hires me every year to do custom cookies for them. So with Oswald, their, lo their tiger, we get printed image. That's their mascot. That's their mascot. Uh, we get images from, they send me the file. I send it to my guy down at Cake Creations, Jeff, and he will print me 500 logos. Okay. So here we, we make the cookies. They are actually based on a hamantashen recipe, which is odd because we don't want the batter. We don't want the cookie dough to spread uh -huh. on these cookies. We want it to come out of the oven the way it went into the oven. Uh -huh. Most cookies don't do that. What's hamantashen? Hamantashen <laughs> is a little <laughs> Jewish cookie that is made like a three-pointed hat. So it's cookie oh. dough that you, you roll out and around. Uh -huh. You put a dollop of chocolate or prune filling or apricot or sesame or whatever in it. And then you fold it in a certain way, bink, 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 to where it comes up over that filling, okay. and then you bake it, okay. and it's a treat that they often have at Purim. And these these tigers mm -hmm. that are printed, what are they made of? Um, sugar paper. Sugar paper? Mm-hmm. Sugar paper, wafer paper. Oh. So um, so it's they're all edible. So we'll make our sugar cookie. Then we make a royal icing, and we put the royal icing on the cookie. And while it's still wet, mm -hmm. you do what's called tip. You tip the tiger image, pull it off the paper, put it on, tip it, and then it's nicely into the frosting. Oh. Oh. And then we have lots of racks. We do racks <laughs> and racks and racks when we have 500 doo-doo. Oh my gosh. And then we, we individually bag them on bags that have the label according to the county and we put them all in bags and then we put bows on them. So it's hugely labor intensive. So it's kind of all hands on deck when we're working on that. Too, right? I do have people that come in and help me out. When you have big jobs? When I have, well, and regularly, oh, you know. Okay. So that's um, the big order we have every week from Buena Vida Tea Garden is done by people other than me usually. Mm -hmm. I always make her cake. And you do all of this in your home kitchen? We all do all of it in the home kitchen. Um, fortunately, Ten years ago, before I became a baker, I knew I loved to cook. Mm -hmm. And so when we remodeled our house, which already had a pretty good footprint for a kitchen, mm. we just mm -hmm. totally redid the kitchen as well. Um, it didn't expand it at all, but we 
moves a lot of things around and reconfigured yeah. out, reconfigured yeah. how some of it is. So it's darn handy actually to have a kitchen the way my kitchen is yeah. if I'm producing a lot of stuff at home. Yeah, so absolutely. And I have a question I have always wondered, and this is based on personal experience, because mm -hmm. I do a lot of baking, nothing, you know. No, you've but you bake. On, on Facebook, you've seen. <laughs> but creations. you bake. I do. And I That's cook, where I started. And I do a lot for, for like potlucks at my church and stuff, mm -hmm. but transporting them. Oh my gosh, I'll put it on the, the floorboard of the car mm -hmm. and I'll stuff stuff around it so in hopes, you know, in hopes it won't slide. And then I try to take the corner slowly. How do you get like a wedding cake with many tears mm -hmm. um, safely delivered, you know, something like that or in, anything? Well, you realize we live up on a hill, right? You We're do. sitting up on a hill. And so any time I go anywhere, I go down a hill. <laughs> I go down. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> so wedding cakes, I n almost never take them assembled. I did. I, ha I did a proposal cake once that was all assembled because it was fondant and there was a ribbon and there was a box on the top. It was an engagement cake and it was, you know, will you marry me up the side? So I couldn't, I couldn't do that on site. So I had yeah. to assemble it in the bakery. And then I told Tony, you must drive. You must drive <laughs> as though I'm holding this cake, which is very important because what's actually happening is I'm holding this cake that's very important and if you make a current turn and I lose the cake I will kill you. <laughs> so Tony is still living. So, under threat, under of, threat <laughs> of, of death. So normally what I do is I assemble a cake on site. Yeah. So all the cake comes in boxes. The way that I handle the skiddy problem is I have lots of non-skid shelf liner and I've cut it into different shapes and patterns uh -huh. so even when I put a cake in a cake carrier uh -huh. uh, you know the plate isn't exactly the width of the cake carrier so the plate can slop around a little right. bit so I put a little piece of non-skid shelf liner what which kind of mean? looks like waffle stuff right uh -huh. between the cake carrier and the cake plate what so that, then, and then everything gets lined up on because I too have had cakes slide and it has Have not you? been. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the, in fact, people? the cake that was 16 inches by five inches with the, all the mm -hmm. fake layers on the top mm -hmm. of it mm -hmm. slid right into the side of my car when I was transporting it. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. So then what do you do? So I open up the back of my car and people look at it and say, and I say oh, that happens all the time. You normalize <laughs> everything. <laughs> happens all the time. I'll fix, we'll fix it in post. Oh, you know, so funny. we always take an emergency kit. That's one of the things I've learned. I have a frosting emergency kit, which goes everywhere uh -huh. I go. Uh -huh. And so when we got inside, I took the extra frosting and I boop, 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 and, and I it doctored it up. Uh, and you know, fortunately, I don't have to do any suturing. <laughs> All I have to do is have a really good offset spatula right. and a lot of patience, which is yeah. not not my normal role. Really. I've learned it. Because what you do requires patience. Mm -hmm. It's tedious. Mm -hmm. Or it can be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it is a strength that I have built. Right. So yeah, you just, and when it, anything goes wrong, you just like, oh, that happens all the time. <laughs> and then people calm down. They're like, okay, 
I've learned to say that. You've, yeah. l you've learned to say that even though the, your body is screaming, you know, this is not oh my good. Oh gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're thinking, oh, well, we must think on our feet. And, mm. and we don't have, it's a wedding. You have no options. Oh, right. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, that's one of the reasons why wedding cakes are so expensive is we carry the burden. Oh, okay. Of it going wrong. Okay. So if it goes wrong, it's on us. So it, it, it is my expertise, not only to deliver a beautiful and delicious cake, but deliver it intact intact, <laughs> and make sure nothing goes wrong. Because so, if something right. goes wrong, it's on, it's on my that. head. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So For something that critical, something that important. And it is, it is critical because, you know, we've all seen at that same show, there was a cake that hadn't been supported properly. And so day two, it was starting to list. And by day three, <laughs> it was pretty <laughs> difficult to, make, to wonder if it, when it was going to fall. Cause you, so the way you do that, you have what's called cake supports. So if you have a multi-level cake, yeah. we have some cake supports that screw into a metal ring. And really? the, that metal ring sits on your cake layer and then the frosting hides it and the frosting hides it okay and because and then you put a board of course on your next layer on your next tier because how are you going to just put cake on that so you have a board okay. under under your tier uh -huh. and the frosting will hide it R rinse and repeat you know that it goes all the way up um so that's how you do it and you you ask very kindly that they keep those supports after the wedding so that you can get them back because some people have thrown them away. I was just thinking about that. So those are, exp you know, you can buy the cheap ones. You right. get what you pay for. Oh, right. I have metal ones, but you know, I have the ones that I need. And so you know for sure that they're going mm -hmm. to do what they're supposed to do. And I actually found that vendor at the international baking industry. Oh, nice. And I found my fondant guy. And if it, you know, uh -huh. when I was just, I had been in business two months when we went and it was just, hysterically fun to walk around like someone who knows nothing because it was some someone who know, knew very little at that point. So. Oh, right. You were just fun. a sponge. So yep. Yeah, so to speak. And I this industry, in, in this industry, you could learn all the time. I bet. There's always stuff to learn. I bet. Yeah. I have another question. And this has to do with where my education from my mother cut off. Mm -hmm. So charger plates. Mm -hmm. Right? My mother never had a charger plate. Mm -hmm. So I found some at a store for cheap and I bought them. And then I went to a party and I took hors d'oeuvres mm -hmm. on the charger plate. And then I, I thought, oh no, maybe charger plates are just for like centerpieces, you know, to put centerpieces on. Can you put food on charger plates? If you go to Michael's and you look at the charger plates there, which are cheap and plentiful. Uh-huh. You turn it over, it will say, don't put food on this. That's what mine say, because they're plastic. Well, it's the coating on the plastic that we're concerned about being difficult. It's like a clear coating. Yeah, and my thought is, no one's going to lick the charger plate. <laughs> but then it all depends on the party, right? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, this was so good. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know... I'm not a huge rule follower. Right. I think there are some things that you should, I'm, I'm a selective rule follower, 
that's one of those rules that I think, oh, somebody licked the charger plate and they got mad and they contacted the F, the Federal Drug Administration or the food people or whoever. And so they had to put that stupid warning on there. <laughs> you know, they also say, don't, uh, right on the gold medal cake, uh, gold medal flower package, it says, don't eat raw cake batter. Nonsense. But we do. Nonsense. I eat, I eat raw cake batter All every time. time I make a cake. Yeah. I lick the, I lick lick the, the beaters. beaters. <laughs> My grandkids lick the beaters all the time. Yeah. My husband licks the beaters. None of us have gotten ill from eating raw cake batter. Raw eggs are, you know. They're supposed to be good for you, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of that thing, a lot of that stuff I just consider nonsense. Right. Um, and so I'm a selective rule follower. Right. Yeah. What's the craziest cake you've ever been asked to make? I made, our neighbors got married and they had a beetle theme wedding. She's from London. And so I made a, a cake that was a, um, like psychedelic cake. So the oh, ins wow. the cake itself was all these different colors that I mixed all together. The 60s kind like of. Like very 60s, very beetles. And then the outside was basically like almost like a tie-dye because I mixed the fondant colors whether and then I I, I rolled the fondant together and made a peace sign and you know that was a that was a pretty funny cake. And uh, what is fondant? Fondant is something that bakers use to make a very smooth surface on a cake so if you see a cake that's absolutely smooth with a kind of rounded edges yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> and, and that that is usually fondant. Fondant is all is most people know it is that layer of yuck you don't like to eat on a cake outside the frosting. Oh. So it's it's interesting to work with and you it's required for some of the work that you do as a baker, but you have to get a good fondant and that's why I use a fondant from Italy. And so you purchase it, you don't make it. Well, you can. Some people make fondant out of marshmallow and whatever, and it's mm -hmm. like, I don't have the time, and a lot of people do it. Uh -huh. I have, it's never been my thing, uh -huh. plus fondant isn't my thing. Most of the people who say, I want fondant, I will say, well, why do you want fondant? Did you want fondant because it's smooth? Ha ha, I can do that with buttercream and people will eat it. Mm. So I get a little snobby. Right. Um, but yeah, I, but there are some things that I've, that I've had to do in, in fondant that because the cake requires oh, it. Gotcha. prefer not to, but. Have you ever said no? Like somebody's requested something ah. that's so off the wall, you go, uh, no. <laughs> Part of why I say no is when people are, people underestimate the value I place on my time. Um. So somebody called me up at the, ba the bakery when, we had the bakery, which is another part of the story. Yes. And said, do you make custom cookies? Yes, I do. Do you make number cookies? Absolutely, I have the numbers. Do you make the number three? Yeah, I make the number three. Thought it was an odd question. She said, well, how much are your decorated cookies, but number three? And I said, they're $3 each. And she said, that's really expensive. I said, well, that is what it is. And she, she said, well, I'm not buying them. I said, okay, goodbye. I told a friend of this and he said, too bad she wasn't asking for cookies that were two and zero for 20 because you could have cost hers your $20 a cookie. <laughs> um, so people, yeah, people just don't, don't realize it. And sometimes people will say, oh, 
that same friend who we had at the hairbrush birthday party, uh -huh. I also did her wedding cake. Uh -huh. It's everybody's, visually everybody's favorite cake because it was quite gorgeous. I saw pictures of it. So she said to me, look, I need a gluten-free cake for my wedding. I said, great, I can make a gluten-free cake for your wedding. Then she came back to me and she said, can you do my wedding cake where it is gluten-free, low sugar, and vegan? <laughs> and I said, dear friend, I could put pieces of fruit on sticks and put them onto styrofoam in a tiered fashion, and that can be your wedding cake. But I, and I can do gluten-free, or I can do vegan, or I can do low sugar, but I can't do all of them because it's not cake. Cake is... Seems like there wouldn't be anything left. No, no. It? Cake is flour, butter, sugar, and eggs. If you compromise all four of those in the first place, structurally it's going to be horrible. Second place, <laughs> it's not going to taste good. The back's going to fall off. <laughs> the back's going to fall off. And it's not going to taste good. And, and it's not going to, the texture of it's going to be good. And I'm not doing a cake that doesn't taste good. Mm -hmm. I won't do it. It's my reputation. Yes. It's my business. Yes. And so uh -huh. you can be stupid about what you request, but it doesn't mean it's going to come out good. Mm -hmm. You know, I did, I did a vegan cheesecake. Hard to do. Low, low sugar. And then he said to me, can you do a, a vegan uh, low sugar tiramisu? I said, no, no, uh, you know, no. What are you talking about? You I'm not about soy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do a lot of work with soy, actually. So, it, yeah. We, and then I do some things that are so with it with, with him. I used they have a liquid not egg. And they and they have tofu, mm -hmm. and what was the other trick on that oat milk? So I do some things that have uh, plant-based things, but my wheelhouse is butter, sugar, flour, eggs, and chocolate. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Now, when you had, um, let's touch on this briefly. You had the bakery. Yes. So I left my job in 2011. 2012, I went to culinary school. 2013, culinary school stopped because I could get my class. So then I, you know, opened my LLC, opened my business in 2013, and I was told by somebody very well known who I knew that I would get this huge contract. So I needed a brick and mortar to do it. So we ran around, and in 2014, I got the brick and mortar. The contract didn't come through. Oh no. And so silly me, you know. So then I was hustling for work, hustling for work and yeah. I, I have some got some interesting clients and I had the bakery for three years. And I sublet it to people who were coming in and some of them were good and most of them were not and you know, there were issues of employees and you know, and when you're next to a 7-Eleven, you usually get rats <laughs> at some point. Mm -hmm. Oh no! And really? you know we were right right next to a massage parlor. 
not again, the woman in the gold shorts. <laughs> so after three years, oh God, not the children. I never said that once. So, you know, after three years, I looked at it and I thought, do I really want to keep chasing this? Because I said to Tony, I want my life back. And he said, I want my wife back. Oh, because it was all-consuming? All-consuming. It was consuming all of my resources right. and just to not even, not even technically break even. Mm. So, because um, after you pay the taxes and the fees and the employees and the workers' comp and your business insurance and your, um, and your product and your packaging. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. And a little <laughs> advertising and Chamber of Commerce. All of that has to, has to work. So I decided, well, maybe I'll renew it and I can sublease it to somebody else and that can work and then maybe I can come in when I want to work. Mm. So I went to my landlord and said, you know, thinking about renewing my, my lease. And he said, well, I'm going to raise your rent 17.5%. I said, goodbye. Yeah. So I left like my hair was on fire. I, I found somebody to take over the, the bakery. I was nice enough to do that. I had two people in mind and I should have gone with the first one and I went with the second one. And they, you know, they agreed to buy some of my equipment because there's equipment I couldn't bring home. Right. Um, unlike the 250 pound mixer that I did bring home. <laughs> you mentioned that the other day. You have that in yeah, the shed? I do. <laughs> <laughs> so if we want to make a, a big lot of cookies, that's where we go. Get it all ready. A bowl for a 250 pound mixer, how big is it? So the, the bowl is this big. I can carry is the it bowl. A certain number of gallons? Yeah, or? but I don't remember how many. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can carry it though. I can carry it. Barely? Barely. <laughs> So they bought my equipment. We had a, an agreement. They gave me half the money. It was fine. And then I came back the next day for the other half of the money. And they said, we're not giving it to you. And I said, are you kidding me? But you have a signed contract. Yeah. But it's not worth it. And I said, it's all installed. It's here. It's not just the money. You, pay. you know, it's not just equipment. Blah, 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 blah. So I ended up having to sue her. Mm -hmm. And I won, of course, because her, her argument to the judge was, it wasn't worth it. The judge said, you have a signed agreement that you agreed to pay that money. So you have to pay that money. So I had to have an attorney, oh, you know, yes. get involved and, and to finally collect the money. But it, we did. I remember when you first opened the bakery, you mm -hmm. did an open house. Mm -hmm. And I was there. Yeah, and it was, it was wonderful. Yeah, but fun. you were working. Mm -hmm. Because you had some order that you needed to fill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all these people are wandering around going, ooh, ah, oh, you know, it's wonderful. And I'm frosting a cake. Yeah. And you were, you were, you were focused, mm -hmm. I remember. Mm -hmm. And so Tony was kind of hosting people. Tony was the grand host of that event. It was yeah. true. And we were so glad to see so many people. And, you know, our contractor was there and somebody had written a song. It was very funny. A um, song? Somebody came with their little band. <laughs> Our contractor's, our contractor's <laughs> girlfriend was a singer, and sh she and her whatever partner uh -huh. wrote a song. And How sweet. It was sweet. It yeah. was corny. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so yes, it was a great event. But when I had the bakery, I was working a lot, a lot, yeah. just to, just to keep, it, keep it afloat. Right. And after three years, I moved back home. I never lost or left my home license. I always kept it as a backup. And when I came back home uh, and we put in the shed, hold a lot of the equipment and just kind of redid it. I needed the bakery for a thousand reasons. Primarily, 
I don't have the what ifs anymore. Oh. What if I had a bakery? Yeah. I now know what I, what if I had a bakery. Right. Dinner, dinner. I had, yeah. I got clients that I never would have gotten uh, had I not, you know, Van Nuys Airport's a client of mine. Oh. They would not have come to see me here and whatever. Mm -hmm. Oxy, I think, probably would have been a client. Um, you know, people who, several of the restaurants that, that I work with and caterers mm -hmm. still use me. Right. Um, right. And, and then what is your website? Website is www.redcarpetcookies.com. We don't do carpet, we do cookies. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else you'd like to highlight about your career, your business? I'm in my happy place. Mm -hmm. You know, this is, this is the place that I belong. I learned so much as a college administrator about how, how to be a boss, how not to be a boss. Right. Um, I learned a lot from my dad about how you treat people and what's important and how, to, how much time to spend with people, which is sometimes a lot of time. Yeah. I have learned how to say no. Mm. I, you That's know, a hard one, right? And I've learned that when other people are jerks, most of the time it's not me it's not about me and not about what i've done it's because they're jerks and so don't take it personally mm -hmm. um i've learned to really value the people yeah. that are around you and don't fire them the first time or second time or 10th time or 20th time they make a mistake because i have a learning kitchen people have learned to be bakers under me and now I can have the two people who work for me most of the time. They handle this big order every week, and I don't. I'm going on vacation tomorrow, and they're working. So, you know, it's and a great thing to do. It's kind of a way of giving back, too, isn't it? It is. It is. And um, so the work that I do supports them, and you know, they're they're not solely counting on the two days of work that mm -hmm. they have here, to, you know, to pay the lights. But it, it might be something else. And it does give back. And then they are good and competent. They've learned skills that they never would have learned before. Nice. And, you know, and they have, they're both confident, wonderful people. And, you know, if I introduce something new, I've got to stay with them while they do it. Because <laughs> I've got to make sure it's right. It's and, I, <laughs> and I still do the cakes every week because they don't like to frost cakes. And so, you know, and frosting is something I enjoy doing. So. Right, right. So well, what do you say? Mm -hmm. We go into your kitchen that we've been talking so much about. Cool. And uh, you can demonstrate part of what you do. For Welcome. Us. We're going to we'll go. Continue with that when we get inside. We'll go de decorate a cake. We will. Yay.